December 21st and 22nd, 7 p.m., December 23rd, 2 p.m., and then December 24th, we're going to have a 9 and 11 regular time services, and we're believing God for much. Amen? God is a good God. He's on the throne. He has blessed us to be a blessing. Look how much we are blessed with all the Lord has given us, with the talent, with the equipment, with the multimedia, on and on. To him be all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Listen, this is all going to burn one day, but we're going to all use it until Jesus returns. Amen? Amen? God is good. Reverend Bob, I know you're back there somewhere. Where are you? Wave your hand. Oh, stand up. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Reverend Bob, this Christmas season would not have been right if you didn't come. We're so glad to see you, my friend. So glad. So after church, Reverend Bob is going to be over by the photo booth. Somewhere out there, you'll find him. You can't miss him. Amen, Bob. Amen. You won't miss him out there. Please, just give him a big hug. I, I, amen. You, you all know what I'm talking about. Amen. So the photo booth is open also. If you haven't gotten your Christmas cards together yet, go to the photo booth with your parents. Get a picture. I know it's a little crowded out there with all that's going on, but that's okay. Just, just get in there. And again, our services on Christmas Eve will just be in the morning, 9 and 11 a.m. God is good. Welcome to Bedford Falls, everybody. It's going to be awesome this year, amen? So here's the million-dollar question. How many have never seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Please raise your hand. You notice the age of everyone that's raising their hand? All right. That's okay. It is a classic. The story behind it, it's almost like Star Trek, that when Star Trek came out, it was a, a dud, and then all of a sudden it revived. It's a Wonderful Life is the same story. When it came out with Ju Jimmy Stewart and whatever the other, the lady's name is, Donna Reed, it, was, it didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden it took off, and basically every year me and my wife and our family watch it, and of course, we always watch Scrooge, Christmas Carol. My favorite is with George C. Scott. I watch other ones with Picard and others, but that's kind of my favorite one that we have. And yeah, Miracle on 99th Street or whatever, I guess that's pretty good. God is good. Just having some fun, amen? You ready to get into the Word today? All right, let's pray. Father, we do love you and honor you, and we thank you. Thank you for your goodness, your love, and your comfort towards us, Father. As I'm praying, our sister Barbara Hansen is here today. We're going to be having a memorial service right after church at the chapel for George. Many of you know him. Barbara, would you stand up for a second? Would you stretch your hands out towards Barbara as we pray for comfort on the passing away of her husband of many, many years? Father, I just thank you for my sister Barbara. I thank you as a widow that you're going to provide all of her needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you that, yeah, we're going to have a, a service, but we're also going to celebrate because we know that man, the champion in biking and rollerblading and all, who knows what he's doing right now. I was going to say, walking on streets of gold, he might be riding a bike on streets of gold. I don't know what it's like up there, but 
Thank you for his life and the blessing he always was to our church and for his wife also, the peace that she needs during this time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God is good. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 2? Luke. Father. No, no, stop it. My grandkids are all getting into Star Wars now. I tell them now, you got to watch Star Trek. Right, brother? I mean, Star Wars is okay, but Star Trek is, you know, much better. Nobody's agreeing with me on that, Frank. That's okay. It's all good. Amen. So listen, again, John shared with you his heart. Please invite somebody to the play. Amen. It's going to be good. Yeah, put it on social media. Share it. Share it out there. Amen. All right, so as we are waiting for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the rapture of the church, let's not let the joy of this holiday season pass us by, amen? Many things are going on in the world. We saw the earthquakes by the Philippines yesterday. The wars have begun again in Ireland, in Israel, and the Gaza Strip. We're seeing much tension going on. There's a big election going on in Taiwan in, I think it's like January 18th, and China's already saying they will not even accept this person that's in the lead right now. Much stuff is going on, but I like what one person said. I don't want us longing so much for the second coming of Jesus that it distracts us from the celebration of his first coming. Can I get an Amen. His joyful arrival in human form as Emmanuel, God with us. So let's read today Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. Luke 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out of the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord, singular angel, I kind of think it's Gabriel, but he doesn't give a name here. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. You know, these people that have visions of angels every day, they, every one of them, Daniel and all, fall right on their face. They're heavenly beings that are, they must just be amazing to look upon. Verse 10, then the angel said to them, say with me, do not be afraid. Come on, say with me. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of a little bit of joy. Great joy. Mega joy. Which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David. Say with me. A Savior. A Savior. I needed a Savior. I could not save myself. Can I get an amen in the house? Tom Fiola does too many stupid things to save himself. What are you saying, amen, about me? How about you? Put your, you're supposed to put your name there. Say, Frank Nessing, Diane Fiola, Denise, Mark. Just having fun. Amen. But we needed a Savior, amen, one that would save us from ourselves, one that will save us from our sins. Understand that. Many people in this world think, I'm good enough. I can get to heaven on my own merits and all. No, we've all, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory 
of God. And that's huge to understand. For there is born to you this day in the city, David, a Savior who is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And those that have been here a few years, we've taught on that, that the swaddling clothes were the rags that were put upon newborn lambs that are going to be presented as the Passover. They could not have one mark or scar upon them, so they would wrap them in swaddling clothes. The swaddling clothes were actually the things that were in the temple and now brought to them to wrap these little lambs. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amen, church family. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Now catch this. This is so important. And suddenly there was with the angel singular a multitude of the heavenly host. So I don't know if that means all angels. That's kind of the, the stories that we see. But it's saying heavenly host here. And we know there are many heavenly creations that we haven't even seen yet. Look at the book of Revelation. Some of them are pretty wild. Look at the book of Ezekiel and on and on. And you'll see many, many glorious beings that God has made. Praising God and saying, would you say with me? Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards man. Think of it. The birth of Jesus was so amazing, was so wonderful, was so awesome as we taught last month, that even angels came down to celebrate with the shepherds. Isn't that beautiful? The shepherds were there, ah, because these angels came down. Can you imagine what his second coming is going to be like? Now think about it. Think about it. I think there's at least a billion people, if not more, that are Christians. Many say, yeah, but they don't believe this. Jesus said, Call on my name, you shall be saved. Amen. I think religion puts all these hoops and things. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You and your household. Jesus said, believe on my works only. Amen. So those that believe in Jesus, we're going to be taken out here. So let's just say one to two billion people. Is that okay? The earth has eight billion people right now. Let's just say a quarter of that, two billion, are taken. Let's say each of us is given one angel from God. So one angel that's with us during the day will meet us up in the clouds with our loved ones that have gone before us with their angels. Wow, that's going to be quite a day, church family. Can I say this, and I hope you understand it? Don't miss it for anything. You don't want to miss the rapture of the church for anything. Because as I showed you that little scan thing, they are making 15-minute cities right now overseas. And they're going to be trying in America where they can have total control 24-7 over you. They want to put chips in my You ain't put no chip in my brain. So that they can monitor you and they can change your thoughts and change your hunger even for God. Because the devil hates us, but God loves us. And when you're born again, you're born again. Amen. That's all crazy stuff. I think a lot of it's going to happen once we're gone. But no man knows the day or hour. Amen. You know, when I think of all that Jesus did for us, no matter what life brings, and it can bring some pretty crazy stuff. Anybody have some stuff in life? Anybody have some stuff happen? 
You know what I'm talking about? This is what I know. Listen, I know that my Redeemer lives. And one day, soon, be it in the rapture of the church or what do I got, 20 more years or so? I'm going to see him face to face. <sighs> Listen to these amazing words of Job. In fact, I want you to see them. Go to Job chapter 19. They say Job is one of the oldest patriarchs. That They, they believe he was pre-Abraham, not pre-Adam. Adam's number one. Pre-Abraham. So he's really back there. And all the way back there, let, let's just say till Jesus came, Adam is 4,004 years till Jesus came. So let's just say Job is 2,500, 3,000 years before Redeemer comes. But look what he's looking forward to. Church family, we are, we're special. You know why we're special? We're looking backwards. These guys were all waiting. Not one of them could get into heaven. Not one. You know, you might say Elijah and Enoch because they never died. Yeah, there's something definitely unique with them. I believe they're the two prophets of the book of Revelation. We don't know. The scripture doesn't say, this is Enoch, this is Elijah. But they're the only two that never died. It's appointed unto man once to, and then the judgment. So everybody has to die. They've never died. But all these other ones, they went into a place that was called Abraham's bosom, a place of rest until Messiah came. You might remember the story of Samuel when he was raised up by that witch when Saul used her to raise him up. And he said in the original King James, why have you disquieted me? Why have you wakened me up? It was a place of rest until the Messiah came. Now with all that, some of you are looking at me weird. It's in the Bible, guys. I'm going to give you Bible here. Amen? I'm not going to give you my own stories. The Word of God. Amen? Look it up for yourself. Do your own homework. Amen? Job 19.25. Come on, read the first line with me. Ready? For I know. Say it again. For I know. Say it again. For I know. Abraham knew that he knew that he knew that he knew. Fully persuaded, Job knows. What does Job know? That my Redeemer lives. That this Redeemer that's coming is alive. Even 2,500, 3,000 years before he even came. So we that have had the Redeemer, we that have proof of the Messiah, we that know that this Savior is coming to the world, how much more should we know that we know that we know that our Redeemer lives? And then he goes on to say, and he shall stand that last on his earth, on this earth. Talk to me, church family. Listen, why, why all the fuss about this little nation called Israel? Why all the fuss about this one little city called Jerusalem? Because Satan is trying to stop Jesus' return. Fool that he is, but that's what he's doing. Because what did Jesus say? I'm coming back and I'm going to put my foot on the Mount of Olives. Well, guess where the Mount of Olives is? Jerusalem. Amen? And Satan is going to do everything that he can to destroy this little country. But we pray for it every day. Amen? In fact, stretch your hands out towards that. Father, right now as this war is going on, 
as they have discovered and destroyed over 500 tunnels, money that was supposed to go to the Palestinian people that they took for themselves to build tunnels, as they have 300 more to destroy in the north part and deal with the south part yet, we pray for the strength of the IDF. We pray for the strength of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. We pray, Father God, that they would find every one of these evil terrorists and eliminate them or get them to repentance, one or the other. We pray for these hostages. The stories I heard yesterday bring tears to my eyes what they've done to the children, to the women, what they've done. We pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to get a little idea of what's going on, listen to Amir Safadi, lives in Israel, and he shared exactly what they're saying now. So many of the people were in such shock. It took weeks for them to talk about what happened on October 7th. They're evil. They're demonic. They're possessed. They need to be either repent or eliminated. Amen. All right, let's keep going on. First, we stand for Israel. Just so you know where this church stands, we stand for Israel. Verse 26. Then he says this, and after my skin is destroyed, you know, that's death is what he's talking about. This I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. Oh, amen is right whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him. Church family, think about this. Go now, say this is one of the first books. Go now to the last book of the Bible, and what does it say in the book of Revelation? God will wipe every tear from our eyes. Has anybody here ever held a baby, and that baby starts crying, and you wipe that tear from that little child? You're as close as can be with that child. You can smell its breath and it can smell your breath. That's how close God wants to be with us. That's how God, our creator, wants to be one with us. That's our creator that's saying, I'm going to be so close to you, Tom. Put your name there that I'm going to wipe every tear from your eyes. And then he makes this statement. And church family, if you can't make this statement, you need to work on your relationship with God. And here it is, how my heart yearns within me. Does your heart yearn to see God? I'm not talking about dying. Death is an enemy. We fight death. We do everything we can to stay alive. It's an enemy. But do you yearn to know him? Got quiet in here. Oh, I yearn about the Super Bowl that's coming up. My team is doing real good. I yearn about my job, my stock investments, and nothing's wrong with any of these things. But do you love God? Do you hunger for him? This is a unique scripture. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Tell me this isn't supernatural. You know what supernatural is? It's natural with super put in it. That's supernatural. Something natural, like God just puts his super right there and changes everything. Hmm. Look what Peter says here. Think about what he's saying here. Whom having not seen, you love. He's talking about Jesus. I've never seen Jesus. 
I've never had a vision. I've had many visions, different things in my life, but I've never seen Jesus. But I love him. Is that weird? What do you mean, no? If I never saw Diane, can I really say, I love Diane? Well, who is she? I don't know, but she's out there. You look at me and go, you're weird. Come on, are you with me? That's what Peter is saying here. Whom having not seen, you love. Tell me this isn't supernatural. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Is that the truth? Sometimes you wake up and you just, ah! Other days you wake up and go, oh. We all got our ups and downs, Amen. But when you love him, you think about him. He's more on my mind than who's going to be in the Super Bowl. He's more on my mind. He's even more on my mind than my wife, and I love her dearly. In fact, because I love him so much, I can love her better. Are you with me, church family? This is truly a wonderful life in our Jesus. So in this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, you have a man named George Bailey, for those that have seen it who has shown what the world would be like if he was never born. And today I look at our own lives. What was our past like without Jesus? What was our present life like? What's it like right now? And what a wonderful future God has in store for us. Let me give you a couple scriptures. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. So I want you to think for just a moment. When I look back now at my life, this is what I see. Number one, before I was born again, I was lost. I had no hope. My hope, my life was all about me. Who cared about anybody else? How do I feel? What makes me tick? What makes me feel good? And this is the shame of it, is what our young people are taught nowadays. Have fun. Have sex. Have anything. But never teaching them the consequence. What if you end up with a disease? What if you end up fertile? Unfertile, you can't have a child in the future. Never taught that part of it. Just have fun. Live for the moment. It's all about today. Eat, drink, be merry. Today you live. Tomorrow you might not be here. Look what he says here, Ephesians 2.1. And you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the what? Prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedient, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves, how? Say it. The lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like everybody else. Come on, say the next two words, but God. And I know we're looking at the first part in our past, but God, you can't get away from that. He is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us. He loves you, all your mistakes, all your shortcomings, all your blowing it. He still loves you. That is grace, undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. Even... When we were dead in trespasses, verse 5, 
He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up together. Now watch. And he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. I'm going to read a couple quotes to you in a moment that just blew me away when I read them. But number two, this is our present life in Jesus. Are you ready? Church family, let me say it again. It is a wonderful life in Jesus. Well, my white life isn't all that wonderful. Is it in Jesus? Or is it in that relationship you're trying to get going? Is it in that warm person in your bed that shouldn't be there? Is it trying to fulfill everything that you know God is not directing you to do? See, God, receive this, ready? God is the one that created sex. Is that deep? You're looking at me strange. But he put a covenant upon it. And that's why he wants it preserved for marriage because of the covenant. But man now wants to say, whatever feels good, just do it. You know what? I got a car. Anybody here got a car? Yeah. I got a car. It came with this book. It was called an owner's manual. Not as big as it used to be. You notice that? And in that owner's manual, it says, you need to put gas in this car. But you know what? I don't want to put gas in the car. Gas costs over $3 a gallon. I got water for free at home. Well, not free. I pay quarterly. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's a lot cheaper. I'm going to put water in my car. You all looking at me like, yeah, okay. But isn't that the truth? Why would you never think about putting water in a gas engine, but you would think to go against the word of God concerning the way our bodies were made, the way our covenant was made, because TikTok tells me to, because social media tells me to, because people make fun of me because I'm still a virgin? Boy, getting quiet in this church today. All right. Look, I'm taking my foot off your foot now, okay? All right. Number two, how about our present life in Jesus? Here's what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. You guys know it. So beautiful, right? For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So God wants us to have a future. He wants us to have a hope. He wants us to have goodness in life. But guess what? I got to stick with the owner's manual. And it's not just sex. I hope God forgives us. Amen? But let's not get into, I'm going to do it because God will forgive me. Watch that. That's where it gets a little dicey on his goodness. Amen? And then in John 10, 10, it says this. I have come that you might have what? Life and that more abundantly. That's the life God wants you to have now. That's the life he wants you to have. But again, I don't know. I've never tried it. In the old days, you remember we used to get water in our gas tank? You remember that? You went and got cheap gas and all of a sudden your car went. I wouldn't put water in my gas tank. I need to watch what words come out of my mouth. 
Oh, I just got a cursing mouth. You know, we got a foul world right now. And we as Christians need to watch what we say. King David said it like this. Put a watch over my mouth, oh God. And we should pray the same thing. Just ask God. God, if I curse, if I say something, help me to remember to say I'm sorry and then go on from there. Amen? And then number three, church family, our future life with Jesus. God is going to show us off for all eternity. Look at Ephesians 2. Go back to Ephesians. Are you still there in Ephesians 2? Verse 7. That in the ages to come, that's our eternal state, he might show the what? Exceeding riches of his undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. How? For by his undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor, you have been saved through faith. That not of yourself, it's a gift of God. You understand that, right? Grace is what God does. Faith is what we do. Grace says you can be born again. Every single person on planet Earth. Faith says, I accept that. Do you see that? Grace, God did everything already. Like I said, as we're teaching in creation, he is not going to make another tree. He's made all the seeds already. And he is not going to make another miracle. It's already been given. What do I have to do now? Grace and faith gets out there and pulls it in. That's in every realm of life. So quit saying, God, please, and start saying, God, thank you. Thank you that you've already provided healing for this problem. Now, by faith, I'm going to pull it in. And we grow in faith. Amen? Grow in faith. Grow in faith. Here we go. Verse 9. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his masterpiece, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Church family, it is truly a wonderful life in Jesus. Yes, this life can be hard at times. And I know many people struggle during the holiday seasons. But when we give God our lives, it can truly be this wonderful life. In Jesus, I believe that James, Jesus' half-brother, puts this life, this life that we have right now, in its proper frame. He said it like this. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And when we keep our eternal perspective, we know that everything is going to be okay in Jesus Christ. Amen? When we keep our eyes set on him. Now, I want to give you just two quotes, and then we're going to sing a song as we wrap up today. You guys can get ready if you like. I read this in a book, and it's really a very interesting book if you like to read it. It's called Destined for the Throne. And basically, the subject of the book is spiritual warfare and getting us ready for our eternity, destined for the throne. And he made this statement about angels. Are you ready, guys? Listen, listen, I want you to hear this. Exalted as they are, angels. However, the highest ranking angel, the one that hovers over the throne 
of Almighty God itself is outranked, wonder of wonders, by the most insignificant human being who has been born again, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Did you get that one, Kathy? Tom, think about that. Magna Sal. One more time, listen to this. Exalted as they are, angels are exalted, right? However, the highest ranking angel, let's say it's Gabriel, Michael, I don't know, who hovers over the throne of the Most High is outranked, wonder of wonders, by the most insignificant human being who has been born again, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How do you comprehend that? And here's the second statement that he makes in this book. This book is one that I'm highlighting left and right, if you know what I mean. Destined for the throne. God has exalted, redeemed humanity. I hope you catch that word, redeem, blood boil, on and on. To a subline height such that it is impossible for him to elevate mankind further without breaching the Godhead. That's heavy. That's heavy. That goes right along. Here, look up on the screen. Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Psalms. Let me find it. Psalm chapter 8, verse 3. Look what it says here, guys. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you think of him and, a, and the son of man that you concerned about him. Yet you have crowned him a little lower than God, and you crowned him with glory and majesty. You have made him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put everything under his feet. Church family, it is a wonderful life in him, in Jesus. It's mind-boggling when we get an understanding of what God has made us. Max Lucado, Billy Graham, Dick Eastman have all said, this is a book you need to chew on. You don't get it in one setting because statements like that can be whacked out, taken out of contents, but it's for the redeemed. It's for those who are washed by the blood of the lamb. Amen. So as I wrap up, I want to take a moment and just talk about a song that has become one of the most popular Christmas carols, and that is Joy to the World. That song is taken from Psalm 98, and it's taken from verses 4 through 9. Let me just read them to you real quick. quick. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with a harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness, he shall judge the world and the people with equity. And the interesting thing about this Christmas song is it was never written as a Christmas carol. It was written by, let me give you a little bit of the history. 
It was written by Isaac Watts, 1719. He never wrote it as a Christmas carol. He wrote it as the return of Jesus to set up his kingdom. But yet it has become one of the most popular Christmas carols of all time. So would you stand up with me as Anya and, and Matthew lead us in this song? it's a wonderful life in Jesus. Go ahead and be seated as we wrap up the service. This afternoon as we wrap up, as I've read those statements about angels and human beings, you notice it said every time, the redeemed of the Lord, the redeemed of the Lord. 
the redeemed of the Lord. You're here today and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life. You're not the redeemed of the Lord. But you can be. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The man asked, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You're here today and you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior. And you like to do it. Now listen, you're not joining a church. You're not joining a denomination or a religion. You're getting to know the Creator. It's going to wipe the tears from your eyes. What a Savior. What a Lord. What a God. This morning, excuse me, this afternoon, you would like to make that decision. I ask you to pray this very simple prayer with me, and we'll all pray it together to make it easy for you. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, for loving me so much that you've forgiven me and you accept me. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around, Christians praying softly. But if you're here today, you've never made that decision. What are you waiting for? He loves you. Maybe you're saying nobody ever explained it to me. Please, I'm glad you're here today. This is an appointed time for you. Again, you're not joining our church. You're not joining a religion. You're asking the creator, your creator, to come into your heart. What I'd like to do is to help you by giving you a little gift, just a little package to help you out, get you started. There's no charge for it. There's no strings attached. Not going to have you stand. Not going to have you come to the front. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and one altar worker will give you this gift free of charge. If you don't have a Bible, a little card inside that package, take it to our bookstore. They'll give you a free Bible, a free New Testament to help get you started. So if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior, then with no one looking around, this between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll come to you. Slip your hand up, let them see it, and then you can put it right back down, and they'll come right to you. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't let, oh, what are they going to do? We're going to bless you today. We're going to bless you. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you. Altar workers do like Nessa, Roseanne, just to just walk around. And sometimes people will just say, yeah, I'll take one of those. It's scary sometimes. I get it. You know, I've been in this 45 years. How would I act the first time? But if that's you, you see one of those altar workers, just tell them you want one of those books. Tell them you want one of those packages. They'll hand it right to you. They'll hand it right to you. Slip your hand up. Let them see it. Or just skadoodle them over. They love handing out these packages. Let me tell you. They love it. They love it. That's you. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. 
those that raised your hand, we'd just like to celebrate with you by giving you a big hand. God is good. Listen, Reverend Bob is out there to greet you. The photo booth is open. So if you, you know, it's, there's probably going to be a line for Reverend Bob. And also the bookstore, they're having the big Christmas sale. Check out some new stuff. Check out Bibles. Good time to give out a gift. Amen? Let me close in prayer. Let me bless you. The prayer team, anyone that would like to join us, you can, yeah, maybe that's wrong saying the prayer team. You might feel like you're not invited. You're more than welcome to come. We're going to be over in the conference room. Those that are going to go to the memorial service of uh, our brother George, that's going to be in the chapel about a half an hour as soon as they get everything set up. Father, we do bless you and thank you. Busy days, but good days, Lord. Oh, man, I'd rather work for the Lord than work for self. I pray for every person here, your blessing upon them. The Lord bless you and keep you. Mm. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his very countenance upon you and give you his shalom, shalom. Now, Father, I thank you for each and every person here. And I thank you that you have made us the head and not the tail. That in all our ways and endeavors, that we are, that we are, there'll be a blessing. See you in the funeral, see you in prayer, see you out there. God bless.